Hi, my name is Kevin Smith and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we're back for an end of season special. Yes, I know you thought we had that in September. Yes, possibly the last episode you thought was that as well. But we're, we're, we're going to finish the season off because the season has finished off. We're going to just touch a little bit on the last game. We're not going to dwell too much on the season because we did a big season recap in the last show. We're going to hand out some of our annual awards as well, our, our second annual Glory Days Ago awards. That should be fun. And we are recording this whilst the, the Rangers-Red Bull-Leipzig game is on because Lee is just so keen now to show that he is not a Rangers fan that he scheduled this to clash with the game so that none of us could enjoy it. <laughs> and is I'm that only not the person that's not got it on in the background. I know, we're all watching it. <laughs> Pro- prove it. Prove it. Oh, sure. Right, there's my TV. It's not. Oh, wow. Right. It's only because you can't afford BT Sport, but that's that's, that's a, a whole that's a whole other that's thing. That's a cost of living crisis for you, Michael. So I, I've just mentioned that because there is a chance that during this, one of us is going to say something, and I can't be arsed going back to to edit it out. So let's just get that up front and get that in. We're all at different times where, where we're watching it. Amazingly, over here, I think I'm ahead of, of everyone else time wise. But there we go. But we'll get into all the football chat soon. Before we get into that, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well, it is a football show after all. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and John W. Gilbertson, solicitors out of Glenrothes, for their support all season long. Will they be this back the next season? Yeah, who this knows? Is the last one. So um, that was on my agenda for today. So if you're looking to sponsor the show for next season, please get in touch with glorydaysagold at gmail.com. 
We've got lots of different opportunities. We've got some player interviews lined up um, in the coming months. Looking forward to getting back to that with Michael over the summer months. Um, so if you're looking to get involved, please do. Um, we could do episode by episode sponsorship, or if you want to play a blanket fee for the season, we can. Or we might even do the scratch card again, because that went down quite well. Yeah, actually. I think we probably should do the scratch card, because we do have all our hosting costs coming up by the yep. end of June and into July. So if you want to support the, the show, if you want to see us back next year, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to us being the top podcast in the Lowland League in 2023-24. <laughs> It's it's a goal of mine to to win those awards, and we could have a championship campaign to to chat about that season as well. Um, yeah, the, the, let, let's actually touch on that. The Simon Ferry's inferior podcast um, taking control of a team. If that doesn't does, doesn't scream that the Lowland League is tin pot, like for me, absolutely nothing does. Like, I genuinely think that there's. I'm a little bit worried about next season, um, having seen some of the player departures that we've seen today um, and over the last couple of days. But um, yeah, let's let's hope that either they, as in Broomhill, don't come up and we don't go down because that is just an absolute shit show. So the, you're not suggesting that this podcast takes over his life? I was I mean, away too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, no. <laughs> I mean, I think we're like, I like to think we've got the credentials, but potentially not. I mean, surely one of us, probably me there, should have gone, oh, we'll probably do a better job than what this happens. You get half a million quid between us and buy the club. Ooh. If you want to start off a, a League One BC team for next season, I think we only need a $60,000 budget. So, I mean, we're talking £40,000. We could rustle that up between us. I reckon Gordon's sitting on a wee mint. Like, he's just got, like, that little... No, it's hemorrhoids. It's a donut he's sitting on. (laughs) I'm just just back from Norway, so I spent all my my fortune on two rounds. (laughs) What was your your, your round cost in Norway? Um, So, two rounds, four beers, not not quite a pint. Uh, So, that was... Eight beers in total, two packets of crisps, just shot of 80 quid. What? Ouch. And that was not an expensive place. That was the only oh. that was the only pints I had across the You could get an average looking hooker and a small amount of cocaine for less than that. Jeez. Yeah, you can tell Lee's from Glen yeah. <laughs> That's what we call break that's what we call breakfast here. Um, <laughs> Cocaine's a bit posh for Glenothers, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Uh, it's, it's MCAT, sorry. <laughs> so you're not pining for the fjords then, Gordon? Well, the, the fjords were really nice, but um, I certainly know. And free. For the prices. Yeah. yeah. Fjords? Oh, well, we're off already. Yeah, we get the bad puns in there, right? Yeah. Well, if we want to talk about bad things, let's talk about East Fife's end of the season. It's officially over, and we've finished the season with 23 points, 11 points adrift off the, the playoffs, relegation playoffs, and an amazing 16 points clear off safety. Five wins for the whole season, minus 39 goal difference. I think we can all agree we're just glad it's over. Yes. Yeah, pretty much 
like my wife says to me, most of the time um, it had promise to begin with and just ended in absolute shambles. Did it even have promise though? Um, no. <laughs> much, like, <laughs> much like my wife says. <laughs> um, had low yeah, expectations no. and we went under them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to be honest like I said and I've said on the show several times I had real concerns back around this time sort of May, June last year that I didn't really think that we were assembling the squad that I'd like to have seen us assemble um, and that other teams were, were strengthening and I didn't think that we did strengthen at all last year and look, it's, it was inevitable the writing was on the wall from a, a very early stage yeah, I'm just looking back at some of the early results because I've blocked a lot of them out of my head early yeah, on in the season. Beaten by Kelty, beaten by Elgin, scraping a win against St Johnson's Burns. Um, we drew one all with Queen's Park in the first game of the season. I thought, oh, they've spent a lot of money. This may actually be good. And then what's that uh, quote, uh, quote from uh, Still Game? It's the beginning of the downward spiral. And that's exactly <laughs> what that was. We did beat Peterhead two games in a row in two different competitions. I might come to that as one of my highlights of the season when we, we get to the awards. <laughs> but, I mean, early on in the season, we got humped by Cove Rangers, 5-2 up at Cove, a very costly game for the club and for Lee. Yeah, no, that was the season before. Oh, was that the season before? Yeah, See, that was the just season merging before. into one now. Yeah, um, it was still pandemic times. But, yeah, that I'm sure that was one that Jude Smith got sent off. If I remember right, and uh, Liam Campbell had to to come on. I don't know if maybe Gallagher had got injured no, that, or something. No, that like five-two when there was no sending offs. No, no or we, did maybe Gallagher we were, go off we were just there? pish. Megason got a hat trick. Uh, Kev Smith scored. We'll come to Kev Smith soon. Yeah, let's see if the was a keeper. Yes, Gallagher came off. Yeah, and, and Jude, Smith Jude came, came on. on. Yeah, I'm sure Jude made a howler in that game. If I remember right. Um, Probably. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that game vividly. It was, I think, it was the only away game that I managed to convince my dad to go to this season, or one of maybe two. Uh, are we gonna? Are we gonna talk about every game? Because if, if we're doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> no, I, I, was to, I, was to, I was trying to bring us from that Cove game to the last Cove game uh, all these months leg. later, where yeah. we've we've improved over the season because we only lost by one goal instead of three. Although it was a case of the old 2-0 and we fucked it up because we somehow threw that game away. But we were, to be fair, playing a team that is technically two divisions above us. And they also only had two outfield subs on the bench. They got a penalty that was never a penalty. And yeah, some pretty comical yeah. defending from us as well. But it was a very strange game to be at because I was at it, but I don't think I was present. Like I, I was just so Not disinterested. Again. <laughs> yeah, breakfast. Um, but yeah, there was. I, I just could not care less at that game. I was there. Like I actually feel like I was there out of duty. Um, what was the crowd? I never actually looked at the attendance. Was it, it was very. It was very poor. Just the diehards. I would say, to be honest. And who can blame them? Uh, Cove brought a decent decent crowd of them, all in fancy dress. Um, it was funny because some of the Fife fans that were in hospitality were jeering the Cove fans um, after we went to an up. You only sang when you're winning, sort of patter. Then obviously they went 3 2 up and they were like, Way, we'll be saying we're winning. So 
decent bit of, of banter, but good for yeah, them. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's I'm... good to mock a team that finished fifty-six points above us. <clears throat> that takes some balls. <laughs> that is a very depressing start. I know. I just looked at that just now. They had eighteen more wins than us, fifty-six more points than us, and they scored forty-two more goals than us. I mean, that's it's, it's crazy what an enormous. Surely budget. they scored more than forty-two more goals. Are you sure that that's not what they were in terms of plus? Um, no, they scored seventy-three goals. We scored thirty-one. Christ, the Veen scored as much as that. Yeah, their goal difference though was plus 41, whereas ours was minus 39. So, I mean, that is incredible. Yeah. I think we were the, I believe we were the last team to beat Cove in the league. Yeah. I, I, I was laughing when I, I just saw the scores and it was like, I think someone had messaged me going, he's waiting for busting my coupon. And I, I'd actually hadn't even contemplated that we were even playing. And I remember looking going, um, like, oh my God, he's fighting for two and a half. That's unbelievable. And then I thought, are we going to get relegated having beaten Cove Rangers twice at home co- quite comfortably? But no, we managed no. to uh, get balls up. To be fair, before we move on from this, the guy, the goalkeeper for them, they named in the team of the season was amongst the most laughable things I've ever seen. Because, like, to be fair, Max Curry at Airdrie must be raging because he's twice the keeper that guy is. And if you've seen the, the goals from that Cove game, you proved to me once more that that guy should never be played at that level ever, and he's definitely not a championship player. I I didn't see the the team of of this season. How many oh, did we get in? <laughs> Pardon? How, how many players did we get in the in the team? Um, ten. It was just a lot of people. I thought that 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 was the worst team of the season that we that we had the, the public vote on. Yes, yeah, of course. We, we won't delve into it. Lee, do you want to do a 3 2 1 for the records? No, because Gordon likes to update it. his spreadsheet. No, I think that our winner's a landslide, and we'll announce that at the end of the show anyway. Um, but yeah, um, I definitely don't want to do a 3 2 1. I was the only person that watched it, so it would be more or less futile anyway. True. I, 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 I did think, watch I the highlights. For, I think for me, in summary, I've been an East Five supporter for 30, I don't know. Four years, something like that. This is com- this is the worst season because yeah. the only the only other one I can think of was the one in when we were in the division one and we got pumped every week. But I was like fifteen year old, and it was quite good going to like grounds like Fur Hill and yeah. you know, all these places that you'd never really seen before. I was massive actually, crowds, and it was yeah. yeah. And then in a sick way, it was kind of enjoyable because it was funny. It was you know this was just downright utterly depressing. From what, what minute about, one. What about the seasons uh, just before the Jim Muffet promotion season? We finished third bottom. Yeah, they were they were turgid, that but we, we expected great. we expected to be shite then though. Like we knew where we were as a club at that point. In my opinion, like that was just as I started watching these five, and you went knowing that you were going to lose most weeks. Whereas this season, I, I knew it was going to be a tough league, but I expected better. Like, I didn't think that we would finish, like, downright bottom, but I did think that we might finish sort of mid-table. I think then, when you're in the bottom league as well, there's always that little hope that, you know, we might be able to challenge in some shape or form. But I think when we were in the league we were in, with no money and the budgets everyone had, just to start out a season knowing 
you're done was utterly depressing. Yeah, I, I like it as well yeah. there, how at the start of that, Doug was channeling his Derek Brown, I've been an East Five supporter for 34 <laughs> years. Uh, at the end of the day, I support East <laughs> Five more than you do. You do I, was, I, was looking, I was looking at it as well. We were the lowest points of any league in Scotland. We had the worst goal difference by 10, I think, from any other team, in, and this includes Cowden Gelly. You know, just hopeless. Hey, at least we're not Fort William. Aye, that's true. Shut us down. Shall we get on towards the awards? Yeah. Well, no, no, not yet. I'm keeping the awards to the end because... Oh, do you want to do the awards before we look ahead to what's been happening transactions-wise and stuff? Yeah, just in case, because I'm anticipating the club might actually announce their full uh, release list at some point yeah because so if we did this section then hopefully that that was happen. one of the reasons i had kind of wanted to delay this to later in the week as well because i thought oh well we'll have a better understanding of who's coming in who's going no but yeah we'll we'll, we'll come to that then we'll, we'll we will get to the awards then just now so without any further ado it's time for the 2021 22 glory days of gold Awards. Hello and welcome to Glory Days of Gold Awards. Time now to hand you over to your hosts, Michael McCall and Lee Gillis. Yes, we're all dressed up in our tux. We've oh. got notes, apparently, a couple of the guys. It's all it's all in my head. I'm sure it's all in Gordon's head as well. Oh, no, he's got a spreadsheet, of course. Um, yeah, we're going to go through... Uh, we're, we're cutting out some of the awards that we gave last year, partly because we can't think of anything for them, partly because they don't apply anymore. So let's kick things off with our first award, and it's our most prestigious award. Player of the Year. So it's, we're starting off with Player of the Year, and we're doing this differently from our 3-2-1 Player of the Year, because this, this is going to be our votes, our perceptions of who we feel are the, the Players of the Year. So for each category, I'm going to start off with a different person. So just because of the way that the screen is set up, I'm going to start with Doug, then we'll go to Gordon, then we'll go to Lee, and then we'll go to myself, and then we'll just rotate that. So for Player of the Year, Doug, who is your nominee? Um, I will say this was absolutely ridiculously difficult. Well, I mean, let, do, do we want to rename it player not quite as shite as the rest of the players that put the shirt on this season? No, because well, that's um, negative. I, okay. I'm okay. Oh, okay. I thought that was very apt. Okay. My East Fife Player of the Year for this terrible season is Kieran Miller. Hmm. Interesting nod, yeah. Well then, should should I say a little why? Uh, yeah, just yeah. One, one, of guys, one of these guys that, despite our terribleness, he, he I, I can't remember him really having a bad game. He just he does what he does, and when you're struggling as a team, he's the sort of guy I like to watch. In terms of, you feel like he's sticking the boot in and cares and gets stuck in, so. Um, yes, he's my player of the year. Oh, Gordon. My nomination for player of the year is also Kieran Miller. 
Um, yep. I think he made a big difference when he came in. I think he's been very consistent. I mean, and not just consistent in a backhanded compliment way. I think he's been consistently good for us. Um, I think he's probably one of the only, maybe the only, of the more experienced players in the squad that I think you could look back on and say, oh, you actually had a good season. Um, I think, you know, he should look back and think that he himself has done well this season. So that, yeah, that puts him up there. Interesting. Lee. I'm not going for Keenan Miller. Um, my, I know, I know, so I'm sorry. I know that we all texted and said that, but it's just like when we decide what we're going to wear at the next game. Um, I'm going to go a wee bit rogue. Um, my East Fife Player of the Year this year is Aaron Steele. Um, the reason that I've gone for Aaron is because I think that he's been the least shy of this. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think that Aaron's been, he's been fairly, fairly steady actually and and considering his age, he showed sort of attitude and intelligence above his years. Um, I think that it's helped him having Chris Higgins alongside him. But I think that most weeks he's a, a solid 7 out of 10. And I hope that we keep him next season. Well, my vote is also not for Kieran Miller. But I think we can now crown Kieran Miller then as the, the champion because he's got the two votes. So I've actually gone for Chris Higgins. I am watching from afar, but he just seemed Mr. Consistent. And I know it's kind of weird giving it to a central defender when we've shipped so many goals over the course of the season. But I just feel he was a leader in the park and just a very key piece to the team. That if you had taken him out of there, I think it would have been even worse than what we had. But yeah, it's slim pickings. I don't think he was nominated. He didn't get any games, actually. Crawford didn't fancy him. But he had a chance to sign him, but turned him down. So... Lee just got that joke. If, if, we, if we massively disagree with one of our choices for anything, are we allowed to jump in yeah. angrily? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely not with Steele or Higgins, just let you know. It was just a thought for upcoming awards. Oh, I, th- I thought you were about to bury me for picking Higgins there. No, but... no, no. Yeah. Happy with that. And of course, the, the solicitor's pairing has now been split up, so may, may they move on to pastures new, <laughs> one of them at least. So that is our Player of the Year. Let's get to the second most prestigious award. Some may say it's the most accurate. It's the Glory Days of Gold 3-2-1 award. Oh, do you want me to get the spreadsheet out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Do uh, it in reverse order, please. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the top five. Yes. Yeah. We've got a top five. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Swanson's gloves, 10 points. points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tied on one point apiece in fifth place. Well, last season there was a lot of like comedy award, uh, comedy 3-2-1s. Maybe the tone of this season was different. The only yeah, there, comedy... there was no room for humour this year. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, Andrew will say a Bonsu did, did get on there, but I don't know if it counts as <laughs> comedy award. But okay, right, and... We did miss out quite a few games. Like the last three games didn't have any, and there's a few missing. But anyway, joint fifth place on 13 points. We've got Danny Denham and Kyle Connell. In fourth place with 14 points, Chris Higgins. Third place, 17 points, Jude Smith. Second place, 19 points, Kieran Miller. And in first place with 22 points, Aaron Steele. 
Well done, Aaron. Good job. Good well, job. It's nice to see all our nominations features in the top four anyway, so... I know, we never, we never pulled a player of the season completely out of our arse. Yeah. <laughs> Folk going, ah, I know, Ryan Blair, for me, he was the, the standout <laughs> guy. <laughs> Someday that we've been ripping all season. <laughs> player of the year. Yeah, well done, Pat Slattery, there for our 3 2 one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're out with the old, so to speak, and moving on to our next award, because it's time for the Glory Days of Gold. Young Player of the Year. So, I guess we'll start with Gordon for this, even though he got his spreadsheet out to, to kick off the last section. But let, let's go over to the Norwegian jury for their nominations and votes. Uh, yeah, so young player of the year. I it was for player of the year for me. It was really between Kian Miller and Aaron Steele. Um, quite a tough choice between the two, but since I went with Kian Miller for Player of the Year, I think Aaron Steele gets it for Young Player of the Year. Just very consistent across the whole season. Even when we were playing poorly, I often felt that he did very well. Just one of these players that never really seems to have a bad game. Um, and for his first kind of proper season in senior football, very impressed. Lee. I have not gone for Aaron Steele. I've gone for Jude Smith. Um, I think at times he's, we actually forget his age, he's like 19. Um, although he has a, a few shaky moments, that's to be expected for his age, but he has produced some unbelievable saves. Normally they would be described as matchman and saves, but obviously we don't score many goals. But um, some of the saves that he's pulled out this season have been unbelievable. And I think had he had a better team around him, um, would have conceded far less than he had. So um, my young player of the year is Jude Smith. And he is also my Young Player of the Year as well. I thought he might get a few nominations for Player of the Year from you guys, because I've seen some of the guys just chatting about their standout players of the year. I don't think he's done enough to be the overall player of the year. There were some some flaps here and there, some mistakes, but you're going to get that with a young keeper. But if he's the guy that we may or may not be hanging our, our hat on for next year... We're still not sure. We've heard little murmurs that he could be one of the, the players that, that is moving on. That it's a good season of experience for him. And I think he, he did really well when he came in. He made the spot his own. He kept hold of it. Yep, he gets my vote. Doug? Um, I think there was only two options, really. It was either Aaron Steele or Jude Smith. And for me, it was definitely Aaron Steele. Um just what Gordon was saying, really, very consistent. He's the sort of guy that you would never think he's that young, actually. I think he kind of comes across as quite an experienced player. My reason for him over um, Jude Smith, I don't... I think that Jude's age has masked what I think was a fairly average, for me, goalkeeper. Uh, I think he'll get a lot better, but I think if that had been an experienced goalie, we wouldn't be even remotely talking about him, in my opinion, is having a great season. Mm. Um, I I think he's made good saves, but I don't think he's made saves that you wouldn't expect goalkeepers to make in general. But he's very promising, and I hope that he stays with us and builds on it. But I think for overall consistency, it has to be steel for me. Well, we're tied at two, so one of us needs to, to change. I'll be that person. I've been swayed by Doug, not for the first time in my life, and I am going to go with Aaron Steele as well. No, I just don't get any say. Wait, 
you can do what you want. Well, I'm staying, right? Well, it's fine. Campbell's it's th- our decision. It's 3 1. <laughs> so it's on steel. <laughs> well done, Aaron. Good job. Newcomer of the year. Yes, newcomer of the year. Who came to East Fife this year, made a difference, was the standout guy that were like, oh, I'm so glad he came to the club. We obviously know that for Lee it is going to be Mr. Bonsu himself, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to Lee last. I will be kicking things off, and I'm going to go with Kieran Miller for this one, because came to the club this season, stood out, all the things that you've said earlier, it was going to be him or Jude Smith for me, really, but, but I'm going to go with Kieran Miller. I don't have one for this. Um, newcomer of the year, I wouldn't give it to Kieran Miller just because he's been there before. So a newcomer for me would be like a new face in the crowd. Uh, this, I'm winging this completely. I'm going to go newcomer award. I'm going to give it to Jude Smith. <laughs> Despite everything I've said, um, it was nice to see a very young goalkeeper having to play number one pretty much all season due to everyone around him being absolutely woeful uh, in terms of goalkeepers. So I think for the fact, even for that, he's he's stuck at it. And I think he, as I say, is going to have a very bright future. So I'll go with Jude Smith for Newcomer of the Year. Newcomer of the Year. And I, I did genuinely forget Kieran Miller had been with us before. So I wouldn't have picked him for Newcomer of the Year. So, yeah, I might this switch to Jude as well. absolute shit show. It is. <laughs> this is why you should have notes. And I don't. Anyway, Gordon. Um, yeah, I went for Jude Smith. Um, I think sort of Miller, Steele and Smith are the names that sort of, you know, were in the mix for all these kind of different Player of the Year awards. But, yep, since I didn't nominate Jude for any other ones, um, I'll have him as newcomer. I think he's, yep, he's he's done really well. I agree with Doug a little bit. And I think there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a hype when a particular young goalkeeper comes in and does well. But he has come in and done well. And, yep, given that that's his first season in senior football, I think he should be proud of himself and I hope he stays on. Lee. I didn't vote for Jude Smith because I voted for him for a young player of the year. Um, Potentially controversial, but I've given it to Kyle Connell. Um, Didn't you not ragging him so much over the course of the year? Potentially a little bit. Like... There's a lot of Kyle Connell that I like. I like his confidence. I think that I actually, and I think that the the, the latter message for me, particularly the second half of the season, I actually feel really sorry for him because I reckon that if he had more of a team that could play the ball into his feet rather than balls lumped up to him, the fact that he scored eight goals this season in this team is unbelievable. Um, And he scored some decent goals as well. Um, there's one thing you can never doubt from him was his effort. Um, you know, he, he did put a shift in. He, um, so I, I, I don't think we could take that away from him. Um, I would like to see him back next season. I'm sure that he'll run a fucking mile if he get asked, gets asked to come back. Um, but I give mine to Kel Connell. I mean, Connell could be one of those guys that has a, a standout season in the, in the bottom tier because he's that kind of quality striker. But for a young guy, 
if he's like, yeah, I'll I'll come back and play for you in the fourth tier, he's got I, no ambition. <laughs> I reckon he'll go to a Clyde or a sort of West Coast based club, maybe a Dumbarton if they manage to stay up, or maybe somebody that's coming up from from League Two. I was having this discussion on Saturday, looking at the the divisions. If we take sort of Cove and um, Airdrie out because they could potentially be out of the league in theory. I know that Montrose are winning a lot, but I do fancy Airdrie to turn it around. He could end up at a Montrose. Um, I can't see him ending up at a Queen's Park. I could see him at like sort of a Peterhead or, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I can't see him going to a, a, a championship or a top three League One team. So I think that there's every chance that we could see him back in, in League Two next season if he wants to guarantee himself a start every week. And now, certainly now that Kilmarnock are a Premier League team, I don't think he'll stay there. I think he'll be released. I mean, do, do we feel he's shown enough this year that he could play in the Premier or the Championship? No, not a chance. No. Yeah, not I, I don't enough. either. Not consistent enough. And I know it's, it must be very tough for him because as a striker... That must have just been a fucking hard shift to play for us this year. Very little service. Thankless task. I think he showed a lot of potential when he started off. He he put in a runner some really good performances. But I think you know, when you're when you're talking about can he go and play Premier, no, I think the consistency wasn't there this season. How old is he? Out of interest? Quite young. But he's twenty or twenty one. Yeah, I, I think I think we're writing him up a bit. For me, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be a Premier League player now. Like I, I've said it before on the pod, I, I think with the right strike partner, whether it's a big guy that he can play off of in a team that's doing well, I, I, I think he could be pretty good still. I mean, I think he's. I mean, he scored eight goals for us, which, when you actually think about it, sounds seems quite a lot because we've been so yeah. you know terrible up front. I, I think with the right. Right, he scored six goals guy. in 22 for Airdrie the year before. I think he's got yeah. potential. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. Of, I think I he's the sort of guy that if he had a season maybe in League Two and, you know, scored 20 goals in the season or whatever, he's, he looks the sort of guy that if he got confident, you know, he, he could definitely push up. I, 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 think, I think he could certainly play championship and, you know, when he's 24, 25 years old, I think. If he was playing for Cove this year, he could have easily got between 15 and 20 goals. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's See, this is the danger for young guys coming on loan. And I, I know we've talked about this a little bit in the show before, but if you come to a shit team, it's going to affect people's perception of you. Because even if you're the best player on that shit team, if you're not getting the service as a striker, you're not going to be getting the goals. And it, it's tough for these young guys to come down to this level because it is very different in League One and League Two. And yeah, maybe maybe he will fancy the chance to say, look, I'm going to bet on myself, have a season in League Two, be top scorer, win some plaudits, win awards, maybe win a, a championship trophy if I can perform that way. And then see if folk take notice. Because look at Fash, well, hasn't though. done Fash any harm. 
yeah, Fash is clearly about the money rather than anything else because he could definitely still play championship if he wanted to. That's my opinion. He'll be on more money at, um, at Kelty than he probably will get at, um, at championship level. I think the thing with Connell is he will want to stay full time because he's still young. Mm. Um, I think he'll go to somewhere that he'll probably try and get full time. Because uh, it's always known as well, because yeah. he's not had a job before. And then once you start balancing work and football, it's a slippery slope. But to be fair, all Adi Yemo has managed to still forge a career out, which absolutely baffles me. So you never know. If if, if Cove had enough faith to sign all Adi Yemo, he might sign up for Cove in the Championship. Ah, maybe. But anyway, that means newcomer of the year by consensus is Jude Smith. So now we're going to get to one of our other major awards, one of one of the big four, and like Doug being a, a golf caddy knows all about the majors. He's caddied at all the best tournaments and courses in the world. He's got his green jacket. Goal of the year. So we're kicking uh, off goal me, of the year with Doug. Just a disclaimer uh, that was factually very incorrect what you said about me there, but thank you, Michael. You don't have I'm a green jacket. No. You have to win the Masters for that. My golf is not good. Oh. Uh, goal of the season. Yeah, goal of this goal of the season. So uh, we've got what six to pick from. Yay! My goal of the season is Ryan Wallace equalising against Falkirk away at the Falkirk Stadium. Um, I really struggled to think of one, but then I remember this. I was there. Uh, Sitting just behind young Gordon here, getting a nice little overview of his slightly balding bonds. Uh, it was a great move between Connell Wallace and then uh, Darren Watson crossed in and a fabulous finish from Wallace. Just a team goal. It was really good and we were playing very, very well that day and thoroughly deserved our equaliser. So I'm going for Wallace. Falkirk away. It's always that these, this award, whenever I do it, whether over here, whatever, I like to to see people's choices because I like a good team goal, and sometimes I like that better than a Galazzo just because of the work involved and the passing play and, and stuff like that. So we'll see what what folk go with, and also Gordon. Surely that must have been the best compliment you've had for years. Slightly balding. Yeah, I'll take that. As a, as opposed to clear balding. Um, just, just, <laughs> Just as a very quick uh, side note, I'm not going to tell a lie here. I sat for about 20 minutes and I couldn't even think of a single East 5 goal. I couldn't get like a, oh, that was a good striker. And someone will say one and I'll go, oh, that's Miles Bear. So that's the only one I could come up with. Well, I'll be completely honest here as well. I couldn't really think of any, so I put it in the other East 5 WhatsApp group chat that I'm in to get folks' suggestions on that. Anyway, Gordon. Yeah, really struggled with this one. Um, I, I tried to have a little look through the highlights for some of our goals. Um, thankfully, there weren't that many to look through. But I have gone for Kyle Connell versus Cove Rangers in the 4-2 win that we had over them. I think it was the third goal, something like that. Um, it was a nice move. Um, kind of cut through them a little bit, I think, Ryan Wallace played him in and he just he had some really nice movement and then got away a really nice shot into the top corner. That was the one that was in my, 
like I knew Connell had hit one early in the season. I couldn't for the life of me think what it was and I could not be arsed looking through the highlights packages. So I think that was the one I was thinking of, but it wasn't the one I ended up picking. Lee? Um, just to keep the theme up of me picking not the same as anybody else, um, I've gone for Liam Watt versus Queen's Park on the, the opening game of the season and what was an absolutely beautiful goal. Um, so he gets the ball and he's on the left-hand side, cuts in, opens his body and curls an absolute peach into the, the top corner. Nothing, um, I haven't felt that good since Liam Watt scored that uh, goal against Queen's Park, etc., etc. Um, so that one is goal of the season for me. I'll, I'll tell you some of the, there's two other suggestions that, that came up. Mercer's free kick against Cove. Yeah, that was good. Um, I was from Craig Brown and Scott Young, Fox versus Queen's Park. <laughs> oh, the, the own goal. The own goal, yeah. And that's meant to be oh, that's a great show. Yeah. That's a great show. Yeah. Can I change mine? Because <laughs> yeah. when I There's read that, goal. I was like, Fox? Do we have something called Fox? And then it clicked what, what it was because that was absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, the, the, the goals in the Queen's Park game weren't much. Uh, the the Cold game just passed as well, but my second one was one that nobody's mentioned as well was Jamie Semple versus Banks of E. Um, but he takes yeah. it just in front of the halfway line. Of our head, yeah. <laughs> but he takes it just in front of the halfway line, and I know that the keepers come out of his box, but it was a very, very good finish. Um, so that that was close for me, but I had to go for for Watty. Well, I, I've gone for a different one as well, and you you may call this just lazy. It was Kyle Connell's goal from the weekend that I just watched before I came on the show. He took a nice touch, came inside, curled it in at the bottom should have corner. Done a mil- I'd have saved that. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I'd have saved that. But now that that other Kyle Connell goal was mentioned, that was the one that I was thinking of and I couldn't think what it was. So I'm going to go for that, which I guess gets us the consensus. Queen's Park, so. Kyle Connell... Goal of the season. Well done, Kyle. Well done. Good job. Good job, kid. He, he's I mean, left if, us in style. If we were doing like little trophies for all of these, it would definitely have been hilarious to send Charlie Fox a little <laughs> trophy for East Life Goal of the Season. <laughs> we should tag him in it anyway. Second place. <laughs> oh, that would yeah. be fantastic. What, what we'll do is once this show's gone out, maybe if, if Michael's got time, but if not, we'll at the players that have won them on Twitter. And we'll definitely do that. Yeah, that's a good one. So, last year we had save of the year, we had miss of the year. I was going to skip those unless anybody had anything in particular yeah, skip for those. Them. Okay. So well, now, the miss of the year, Ryan Blair's one on Saturday um, was an oh. absolute howler. It was actually more difficult for him to miss uh, that than it would be to score it. I and think Lionel Blair could put that in the back of the net. But I, I'll tell you what, I actually think that Ryan Blair is actually Brian Blair, like with a, with a Scooby-Doo mask on, but he was equally shy. What other Scooby- what other Blairs do we think could have scored that? Tony Blair? Tony. It's got to be Tony. Cherry Blair. <laughs> Maybe the, we could, uh, could we come up with a special podcast. I was going to say the, the Blair <laughs> shit project. Yeah. Linda Blair. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Blair. A chocolate e-blair. 
dear, oh dear. Right, let, let, let's move on to the next award. And this should be a good one. Highlight of the season. And for this one, oh, yeah, we're, we're kicking off with Gordon. Okay, I mean, you, this... you do get to kick the next one off, Lee. Thanks. This is a pretty brutal choice, but I think it has to be the the four two win against Cove, and particularly because I think we went four nil up after something like forty six minutes. So that that spell of the first half plus the first few minutes of the second half, where we're four nil up against Cove Rangers, and we were just playing brilliantly that's that that was fantastic um that that whole game was really good even even though we let the we let them kind of back into it with a couple of goals it just added to the excitement so genuinely one of the very few enjoyable games of the season yeah tough lee when it ended take in mind that was my spoof one though so that's okay yeah um, I've said the the four two win over Cove. Um, nothing else to add. Gordon summed that up perfectly. Hmm. I put this in the in the the group as well to get some thoughts, just because I was curious what other folk would say for this. So one of the nominees that we had, and this was close for me as well, was Dumbarton the two 0 win just a few weeks ago, which seems like an age ago now. Because at the time, it felt like we had got ourselves back in it, said Craig Brown. But obviously, that was then miles from the truth, because we were complete and utter shit after that. But at that point, that did feel like a highlight. It's like, we've done the hard work. Mm -hmm. We've got to within three points. This is now potentially in our hands. And then we fucked it up. Equally, we could put that in our disappointment of the season, which is coming up next. But... Yeah, Ian Lawson uh, agrees with you two guys, and it was mine as well. It was that victory over Cove back in September. Ian said uh, at that point he thought we had a team that could at least compete in League One, but looks at it as a, a false dawn. And I, I don't know that I would go that strongly with knowing that we could compete, but I, it definitely, as Gordon said, made me think... Yeah, this might not be as doom and gloom as we thought. Maybe there's there's signs there that there is a team here. It just it just they never came back out again. Doug, um, I, you know Lee joked about what he'd had, but I've written down when Duncan Williams wetted his lips, placed that whistle to his mouth against Cove on Saturday, and gave three sharp blows. Because all I can say is, thank fuck that's over. That is comfortably the highlight for me, is it's done. Nothing else. <sighs> Not heard okay. anyone talk about three sharp blows since Ian Sharp's day running the supporters bus. And I'm, I'm enjoying your erotic match report. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was just thank picturing you. that whistle going in those moist lips. Thank you. I don't know why, but if, you, if there's any <laughs> Family Guy fans that listen, it just reminds me of when Peter Griffin um, started writing Peter Rotica. Great episode if anyone's worth listening to it. And he's like, ah, oh, that chick was totally hot. Maybe she was some kind of Spanish. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. I love Family Guy. A little bit behind, I've got like 12 in my PVR to catch up with from this season. But yeah, 
you could say we all look a little bit like Peter Griffin. Mm, I don't have testicles on my chin, but I'm probably weight-wise right now, yeah. <laughs> well, not, not the Gordon's moment. our Meg. Get, give it to the weekend <laughs> and you're right. Oh, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. <laughs> right so our highlight of the season it was the cold victory closely followed by the season ending but now lee gets to kick it off it's time for i think a category where we could be talking about this for a while biggest disappointment of the season kick it off lee i'll I'll just put my feet back (laughs) yeah get the cigar out because you could be here a while um look there's, there's obviously so many Things that we could really, really go into in terms of well, yeah, because there's, there's different criteria we can look at for this. Are yeah. we looking at a moment? Are we looking at something specifically that happened? Are we looking at a player? Are we looking at a yeah. game? Yeah, definitely the, the the category definitely is open to interpretation. But I've gone for our poor recruitment. Um, I think that we recruited really, really poor in the summer, but the, the biggest disappointment for me was knowing how shite our squad was and doing next to fuck all about it in January because we got rid of Dunsmore, Bonsu and um, Sean Brown and I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Um, but we, we, we shipped out a few players and then we brought in Leo Watson who did all right. Um, Finley Pollock looks decent. The other, you know, Voldemort, he who must not be named. Um, you know, I, I can't, I, I still don't understand what, what Crawford season I'm. Um, you know, we were crying out for a forward, crying out for a creative midfielder, and we did nothing to address that. Now, whether that comes down to funds, but obviously Liam said that we were making funds available to bring players in, um, and, our, and the catch-up that I had with him did nothing about it. So is that down to Crawford's poor recruitment or lack of contacts in the game? I don't know. But that, that to me, was, was massively, massively disappointing. And I pretty much, when that, you know, to paraphrase Jim White, when the transfer window slammed shut, um, that kind of cemented it to me that, right, that's, that's us down there. Yeah, that's a good one. I have a huge list of things, which I'll give some honourable mentions after we get all the nominees out because I don't want to stand on anyone's toes. I might have them. I've I've looked at this. I mean, right up there is recruitment. And I'll, I'll come back to that at the end. But I'm actually going to go with Ryan Wallace. He's been a big disappointment yeah. for me this year. And part of it may or may not have been his fault. We don't still don't know all the the ins and outs of the background probably never will as to why he did walk out of the club earlier on in the season but even when he's come back he just hasn't been at those levels he's maybe you can easily say not had the support around him but it just feels that the Ryan Wallace of old the Ryan Wallace that we needed just wasn't here this season so for whatever reason he's been a big disappointment to me this year Doug. Yeah, that's an outstanding shout. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, like, like, I mean, I, I've literally written down how far behind we were before we'd even kicked the ball. So similar to what Lee was saying, mm. I could have written millions of things. I mean, the, the disappointments have been 
from top to bottom have been almost on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, I just think, just as a fan going into a season, kind of knowing that you're probably going to get relegated is is horrible. Um, and I just, yeah, it's just, it was sad. I mean, the, the other one I did think of was that that we were kind of so bad that it meant we had to sack Darren Young, who I liked and liked as a manager, but, you know, that, that we got ourselves in that position where his position was kind of untenable. But, yeah, look, I think I, I'm kind of echoing what Lee's saying, really. I just think it was just a, you know, very poor squad that we built and we were always kind of behind the eight ball. Very good phrase. It says, if you're Thank over you. here. Thank you. Gordon. Um, I started off writing down more like a went for something different, more like a sort of game. But listening to you guys talk, I think one of the biggest disappointments is like how, um, what's the word for it? Um, or basically just how much I don't give a shit anymore. You know, games are coming up. Apathy. Apathy. Yeah. Um, and that's what kills clubs like ours. Yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't watch the Peterhead. Or Cove games, I haven't even seen the highlights, and at no point did it ever occur to me to spend ten minutes of my time watching them. It's just, and it's been this sort of slow, grinding, continual disappointment of a season, basically. Um, but I did think, you know, one particular point in it was the five-nil defeat away to Dumbarton, which just encapsulated. Mm everything that's been wrong with us on the park over the past particularly year and that we got beat 5-0 and we conceded five set pieces like just as a game that was fucking ridiculous I, I, I mean I think if we're looking at most disappointing game that is right up there with Banks of D but even like Banks of D We'd, we'd, we'd fallen so much that that wasn't even a shock. No. They were the favourites going into that. But that, that you're, you're competing against Dumbarton, who's at your level and who you're battling with then later in the season to try and avoid relegation. And that was just such a woeful, woeful game. So I think if we're picking biggest disappointing game, it's certainly that. Ryan Wallace, perhaps the most disappointing player. But overall, the biggest disappointment, I think, is... Just the, the recruitment, and just to open this up a bit, and I know we're doing awards, but I, I think this is a good time to talk about this. I think we have to question, and we have, the board's planning for this whole season. From the minute last season finished, what was the plans? Did they leave things too late? I know they had Maguire walk out. Was it Maguire? Was it McManus? McGuigan. McGuigan. I knew it was someone Mc. He walked out on, on the team. So, yeah, they can't... They couldn't plan for that, but they had enough time to get somebody in. And you're not telling me that there was nobody better that they could have brought in than, say, Bonsu, as, as an example, who you're going down to the lower leagues of England that is not even anywhere near Scottish League 1 standards, which isn't the best, but certainly not shitty either. You've got a question. So I've, got a bit, I've got a bit of context for that, just in case, because right. this is, and I've pretty much heard this 
like from the horse's mouth is we'd planned basically to have no fans back in the ground and that's why we were reserved with our budget right with a week or two weeks to go whatever it was until the season the the window was shut in Darren was told okay you've got an extra 500 pound um a week to to sign some players so Darren tried everything he could in that short frame to bring players in um and the only two he could get were Dan Higgins and Dosia Bonsu he'd tried to get both of whom are no longer East Five players um well I think Dan Higgins is still there. I've not seen it announced that he's away. It's not oh, not official. I don't think because the the list hasn't come out. But he he's gone. No, he's uh, Muir have signed him. So oh well, yeah. All right. Okay. So bye, Dan. Um, but yeah, that's that's two players. Um, that, that the only ones that he could get in. And I mean, Dan Higgins, like I mean, played fairly regularly at goal of the season before and challenged for the league. Um, but then came in and then he played. He started off all right under Darren, but then didn't really play towards the end of Darren's time. And then Crawford clearly never fancied him and played him either. So that it, there was obviously not much of a player there. But you're, you're absolutely right, Michael. I mean, in terms of, I think the board were far too conservative in terms of their approach for the season, a la COVID and the grant money and stuff. They wanted to make sure we had for a rainy day, I believe, whereas other teams around us blottered it. Um, but I mean, we're, we're going up, and we've said it countless times on this show, um, but we're going up against, you know, Dumbarton playing McGeever and Buchanan £500 a week or whatever it is. Um, so it, it just wouldn't have been sustainable for us anyway. So it's... I, I, understand, I, it's- I understand where the club's point is, and I do genuinely... But that's where you'll piss off a lot of fans because it just shows that you lack ambition. But then equally they're like, well, that there being a club at the end of it all is more important than anything else. But I think for me, and I've, I'm going to say it again and again and again, our complete lack of commercial activity is a, a massive hamper for us. Because I, I think we the, had the board have a in, lot of questions to, yeah. to answer, and that's certainly one of them. I mean, some of this, the, the questions and stuff that we've had in, I don't think we'll have time to, to actually go into them today, but a lot of them have been very, very critical of the board. And, you know, I don't like to do that directly on this forum. I've had fans stopping me after games, almost interrogating me on why I don't really go into that on, on the show and, and stuff. But it, I've I've been as open and honest as I, I think that I can be, and I'm sure that you guys are in the same boat as I am. We don't want to attack the people that are at, in the board because they're always fife at heart. But equally, there's things we're not doing right, and if we want to be in our growth, if we want to be a Montrose, if we want to be any of these types of clubs who have come from where we are and are doing significantly better, we need to stop being so insular and and start trying at least to be a bit more commercially savvy yeah but we need new blood in that boardroom and i know it's easier said than done if you're looking for someone that's going to put money in but there's lots of people that's got ideas and i i genuinely think they need to get a meeting 
for people that want to help take this club forward and just have people come to Bayview one night, put just have a brainstorming session as to how we can take this club forward. Because it's fine having money for a rainy day. It was pissing down at times this season. And we just, we seemed ill-prepared. And I think that is a big disappointment. When you had, when we had Liam on the show in January and I asked him that question about, are you making, are you thinking ahead to possibly next season where we could be in League Two? And it's like, no, we're not even thinking about that just now. Well, you should have been because it was pretty obvious where things were going. And maybe that's just fans look at it differently than the people that run the club. Because I've, I've pulled a quote up here from the the CEO of the, the Whitecaps, he's also the sporting director, who I asked him about the Whitecaps' concerning start to the season, where we're the worst team just now in, in all of MLS. And I want to read you this quote, and I want to see if this makes sense to you, because it didn't to me, but it's also very fitting for, I think, how the East Fife board look at things. He said, It's not my way of thinking to be concerned about something that comes up. I'm more concerned about things that we actually have to deal with, but not with games coming up. What? So he's just like living in the present. He's not looking ahead. I should point out he's German, so sometimes his English is a little bit weird. Uh, so he's he's just thinking of the present. He doesn't like to think ahead of what could happen, which I mean, to me is a fucking disaster. It's not even debatable. Like if you're whatever his position, like you know, if you're if you're in charge of an organisation, it's not even debatable. Saying like, oh, I'm not going to think about what's, you know, what's ahead is a blatantly ridiculous attitude. It's like head in the sand and not yeah. wanting to face up to something that looks like a stark reality. I mean, we we talked about like, years. I mean, years ago, like at the beginning of the season, we talked about that. Like, are, are they are are the board being too conservative? Are they basically saying, well, you know, we we might get hit by COVID again, so. We're going to be really conservative, and we uh, we even talked about it. We said, but the risk of that is that one, you get relegated, you lose money because you're now in League Two rather than League One. You're pish, so folk don't come to the game, so you lose money. So that like you think you're being safe by being really conservative, but there is a massive risk associated with that. That you know, and pe- people don't think of that, and that. You know, again, without knowing the details, of course we don't know the details, you know, and part of that is because the club doesn't really communicate details, tell us that much. So as folk might say, oh, you know, you're speculating. Of course you're speculating. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, someone it, did it leave it a does. comment saying you're speculating about things you Aye. don't know. Yeah, because no one will fucking tell us anything. Yeah, but it does, it does feel like, I think, they felt that maybe being conservative was the safe bet and it's ended up being... The riskier one, you know. Here's, here's a note that I wrote down, right? And it goes back to my recruitment thing. In January, we shipped Bonsu, Dunsmore, Watt and Brown. Four players, four wages. Brought in Blair, Pollock and Watson. Now, I'm going to guess that we don't pay anything for Pollock. Yeah. Don't pay anything for Watson. And... I don't think that Ryan Blair will be on anything plus £150 a week. Now, Bonsu... and Yeah, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, but I heard that Bonsu was on a decent wage, as in 200 plus. Dundee would have been on a decent wage. Yeah. 
Watt and Brown maybe not so much, but you're not trying to tell me that there wasn't budget there. Bring up but didn't didn't Dunsey went out on loan, so maybe we had to pick up part of his wages. Is that? I, I think been, I, I've said it before. I, I I think there would have definitely been a budget to sign players in January. We just couldn't get them in the door because we're not in a good proposition for players to come to. There's not options. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're, we were talking, we've talked about till we're blue in the face about striker in January. No striker was coming to us in January. It wasn't going to happen because who who would come to yeah, East Fife? No, no decent striker anyway was going to be who'd, coming. Who'd, 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 who'd be available? Like if there was that's, a decent striker, yeah, a club's not going to want to lose them. No, and well, we're let me flip that on you again then, right? You're not trying to say that there wasn't a player in the SPL or the Championship that's maybe Connell age. Bring him in. What have we got to lose? I know, but I don't think it's as easy. If you throw enough shit at a wall, some of it might stick. Yeah, but I, and I think that's Wallace just idealistic. Like... I don't think clubs want to put their players necessarily in that kind of position either. But I, I think my, my problem with that, Lee, is let's say like a Greenick Martin, fourth-choice striker who's not getting a game, they'd probably rather just keep him there in case they get injuries than send him out on loan to a team that's struggling. I, I, I just think that there's no way that Crawford's come in knowing we've got a really poor team. He doesn't want a relegation on his CV. There's no way he's not, you know, we've said it before. I just think there was no real options. I think my, just going back to the, the board thing, obviously I've made my feelings quite clear on certain aspects of that. I, I think at the start of the season, and I said at the time, they should have been more transparent with where we're at in terms of come out and say, look, we're we're not going to be able to compete financially with a lot of the teams in this league. We're going to give it a go, blah, blah, blah. And I think as fans, you would accept that and you would go, well, right, at least let's try and get a bit of fight in the park or something and just and just give it a wee go. Um, that never happened. And y- your other problem with pretty much all the board members being fans, y- you need someone who's not, who's got a, yeah. whether it's a business head and can just completely almost almost ignore what's going on in the park in many ways. Yeah, you need that ruthlessness to come in. That's thinking like, of it solely from a business side. You obviously most fans as football fans, you're you know, you'll probably be like, oh no, we can we can get out of this, we can get out of this. But but you can't think like that in a business yeah. side of it. You've got there's got to be someone there who's away from yeah. the fact that the blind optimism and blind faith and has that little bit of going yeah, but we probably will go down at this rate, so this is what we need to do. And maybe in January, Lee, maybe that extra, you know, 400 quid a week, well, maybe it's not been the worst decision not to spend it. And we might be able to, you know, yeah, use it next I week. I can accept better, that. Better. Yeah. Here's here's a, a question that I'll put to you then is, do you think that the board need to swallow their pride a bit and ask for help? Very much so. I think that there's there's definitely a lot of too much pride. And I get it. I do genuinely get it. And I, I'm not attacking the board because it's one of some of the stuff that I've seen from East Fife fans is fucking, frankly, disgusted me on social media in the last couple of weeks, saying that Jim Stevenson's killing our club. That guy saved our club after Lee Murray left. He saved us. Stop talking shit about... Jim Stevenson, you know, like the guy single-handedly kept us alive, put money in from his own pocket to keep us afloat. 
So don't say things like that. Have, have they been conservative? Yes. Have they made mistakes this year? Yes. Killing our club is just complete plastic fan behaviour. Uh, and just our, cut that our, our ownership kills the club. Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing to do with Jim. Bang, bang on, Doug. Bang on. Neil Rankin kills our club 100%. Lorraine Twig kills our club 100%. To see Jim Stevenson kills our club, absolutely not. But we do need somebody in our club. Um, I, I think your point there, Doug, was, was pretty much bang on. That's out of the, the nucleus of a Fife fan. Um, and, and somebody with a business head. Now, I think Jim Stevenson has a business head, and I think he's great at balancing the books, but I think that we could do, I mean, with some some really young blood, get some um, commercial people in, get some sponsorship people in, you know, whether it be people on a voluntary basis or a small part-time basis, whatever, but we're going to end up at a stage where lack of ambition um, is not... Like something I would describe us as having, but being insular and not being open to new ideas is what will fundamentally end up having us a cow den or a break in or a something like that. Um, and we need to really try and change that. And I think that one of the things that you've said, Michael, already that I think has to happen is the club saying, look, we're prepared to accept some help here. What skill sets do the people around the club have? What can you do to utilise those skill sets? You know, is it a graphic designer? Is it somebody that's a tech wizard? Is it somebody that's a top salesperson? Is it somebody that's X, Y, or Z? Let's utilise these. You know, I'm, I'm sure 90% of the fan base at East Fife, if they had a skill set that was worth utilising, they would do it in support of the club 100%. I do as well. Like, if you look around Scottish football, solely just now because you can also look at like English football in the non-leagues there are so many like semi-pro clubs part-time clubs that their online presence is way better than anything that we've got and it's run by volunteers their community presence is way better than anything that we've got over here there's new clubs starting up all the time yeah they have owners but they're fundamentally run by volunteers and this the the buy-in that they get from people and fans helping out and sharing skill set and being like active on social media and, and creating a buzz about the team, it's eye-opening. And we're, we're light years behind that. We're light years behind a, a Kelty and we're light years behind a lot of the other clubs that are doing so well in with their communities. But equally, they've got people that are flexible in their approach. Not we tried that once and it didn't work. Um, so I think that there, there definitely has to be changes. Well, like you hoping... said, throw throw shit at the wall. I know you were talking about for players, but in, in general, yeah. just try things. Yeah, Just so, keep trying things. On Kelty, I get an email almost every week from Kelty Hearts because I, I didn't end up buying the stream, but I went on their website once and signed up in case I wanted to buy the stream. And they email me all the time. Like, I don't know, yeah. I never click on them, but... Like the, you know, they're doing something. Um, yeah. It just, it just kind of strikes me that... I mean, it's I mean, I, in business. You're being perspective in that, terms of going for that. I, I said that the other week about, you know, the stream and stuff. I mean, surely if you bought an East 5 stream, you should be getting an email before every single game going, do you want to buy it again? Yeah. I mean, that I, I, does that happen? I don't think it does. Yeah. 
No. Yeah, but no. like, don't get me wrong. I think that a lot of the, the stuff is done by Laura Anderson, who I think, particularly like East Five TV, etc., does an incredible job. Social media stuff, like yeah, but it's all on her. She needs. Yeah, help. that's that's the point I'm I'm coming to make is there should be a team. Get two, three, four, five. The, the LinkedIn page. LinkedIn is massive for businesses. Massive. Get on that LinkedIn every single day. Special offer. Buy 10 seats, get five seats free, whatever, whatever. Take seats at our um, upcoming game, whatever, whatever. Doesn't happen, ever. But, Lee, but also, just because you're a volunteer doesn't mean you're, you, you, you can't get criticism. No. I, I think a mailing list of who has subscribed to the stream and it's a one email job I don't I'm not a technical person that can't be difficult it can't be and I'm not I, I think what they, they do is fantastic like all the volunteers at East Five what they do like we're technically volunteering we're obviously we're doing this we're not getting paid to do this so and we we'll get criticism I'm quite sure um regularly you know I mean? <laughs> yeah no no absolutely and that, that's fine you, you take that you know, and, and some of it you'll look at and go, well, you know, yeah, you're probably quite right. Well, I'll apologize for this or whatever. But you, you can't be, it can't be, oh, they're, they're volunteering so they can't get criticized. If they're not doing it right, you know, they still yeah, need it's, it's, But, but there's a way it's, to it's criticize not, it's not as indiv- well. But, yeah. It's not individuals either. I mean, it's, I would, you know, I, unless there was something ridiculous, you're not going to sit and criticize an individual who's given their time to help his five. That's, that's not what it is at all. Um, but it is, it is that thing of, I think you can get a bit of a bunker mentality, like you were saying, Lee, you get criticism. Uh, you know, you see criticism for fans. Some it will be completely over the top. And then that makes people defensive. So like, well, I'm not listening to these folk because they're just criticising. They don't know what's going on. And you, know, and, you, and you get a little bit of this barrier between the people that are running the club and the supporters. And that that's not good. Like that, that's just going to sort of poison things longer term, and so it's not an individual. It's not saying this person because no nobody can do everything. Nobody's an expert at everything, um, and the people that give their time to help the club really, you know, don't deserve anything but praise. But other things we could be doing better, absolutely, because there's always things you could do better. Um, it, it's tough when fans are also involved on the board. I've spoken before, I'm a Wimbledon fan, I've been a member of their trust since the mid-2000s. They've had a shit show of a season and there's been big mismanagement by the board, which is all fans. So the fans are then turning on them and it's caused a split, as you've just said, Gordon, because the folk that's in charge are kind of taking their ball home and bunkering and putting on their helmets and they feel they're being unfairly criticised because they're giving up all their time. But if you're not doing the job right, you deserve to be criticised. And I'd, I'd turn this around just to finish this a little bit off to Lee and say, you've worked in retail for a lot of your life. If this was a shop in the current state, you'd bring in new management to, to freshen things up, to get a yep. presence, to try and boost sales, or in our case, boost attendances. And it's very similar. As much as I love to have the old-fashioned approach of Football's not a business. It is. It's a business it, it, nowadays. It is a business, and and your analogy is very very apt in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I've 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 run businesses. You know, turning over half a million. I've run businesses run that turns over two million. You know, like it doesn't matter what it is. You could literally be looking at it 
from a purely commercial standpoint, or you can look at it from a people standpoint. Sometimes even if people perform, they might not be the right person for your business. You can move them on. I think that we've got some of the right people in the business in terms of as we've got a, a core of people that will East Fife at the heart of what they do. But I think that ultimately we need to be better at a few things and that's where we need to cast our net a little bit wider. And look, I'm sure there'll be like, nobody's chapping on the door looking to invest money into, into to East Fife. I get that. They probably don't want to chap the door and invest in East Fife. But equally, if, if there's not anybody, a, a money man sitting in the wings, you've got to be prospective and you've got to cast the net out and be more commercially savvy. I think we'll wrap the awards up there. It's uh, unsung hero. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> Who could have guessed that biggest disappointment was the one we spend most time on? That's why I wanted to save it to the end. <laughs> I mean, it, I think we can all agree it's been a disappointing season. Well, there's a lot more we could say. We'll wrap up the the podcast shortly, but I want to take a nod to look to next season because. We're next season planning now. We're a League Two side. We're down in the dregs of Scottish football, which is, is how I've kind of described it over the years, the, the bottom tier. But you can actually look at it a bit more than that now. And I, I know we've had this debate before, what is ambition? But let's be honest, we are now in a league with a number of teams that aren't ambitious for whatever reason, whether it's they don't have the money or the support or whatever, and they're just languishing in that bottom tier. And they may get a top four finish and flirt with the playoffs, but they're probably never going to go up, although anything can happen in a knockout game. They could flirt with the bottom to fall out of the league or be in a playoff down there. But there's too many teams in that bottom tier that... They're, they're basically the all-surrounds of Scottish football. And it's like, we've talked all you don't want to see a club go out of business. But what, what what use are they in the Scottish League? If you look at it. And I don't want us to become one of those clubs. Like, what, what use is it in Elgin City to, to Scottish that, football? Just absolutely brutal there. <laughs> I may be a bit grumpy. <laughs> You definitely don't want to become a team that, you know, like for us, you don't want to become a team. Like when we go down to League Two, like may, maybe it won't turn out like this, but for me, there's disappointment. But then you're like, oh, well, we're surely going to be competitive there. Like, you know, we should be aiming to push for promotion. Even if we don't get it straight away, we're going to be one of the better teams in the league now instead of being one of the pissiest teams in the league. And that's. Like there's a bit of excitement there, but you definitely don't want to regress to the point where even in League Two, it's like you know finishing top four is a stretch for us. Yeah, um, and we've had that, that, that over the years. We've talked about our shit seasons and times in the nineties mm. and under Gavin Murray before all you guys' time, where it's like, what what's the point of us playing games because we were shit? But we had, I know I I've just had a different outlook on football since moving away. I think if I was really close to it, I'd be like, oh no, every club serves a purpose in their community and stuff. But you've got these teams coming through in the juniors and the Lowland League and the Highland League. And yeah, I know a lot of it's bankrolled by money, 
But it is, they want to do something. They want more. They want that club to be at a high level. Yeah, but I mean, there is this thing where you, you've got, El, like, say Elgin City and Albion Rovers or clubs like that. Like, oh, It's obviously really difficult for them to, to, to take that step from League 2 to League 1. And yeah, now you've got teams maybe in the Highland League or like the ex-juniors in the west of Scotland and they're looking to like, you know, maybe like they can move up a couple of levels. But for a lot of them, they'd move up and then become Albion Rovers. You know what I mean? Like it's And then maybe yeah. if Albion Rovers drop down, then suddenly they've got something to go up to. But I think that's the good thing about the pyramid. If you are one of these teams that just skulks around the bottom of League 2, you'll go down. And then you've got something to come back. You've got something to kind of aim for. Um, I, I think uh, if you're bo- I think if you're bottom of league two, you should just get relegated. Oh yeah, yeah. Because because what what you really want to do is go look of all the teams in professional level, you know, senior leagues or whatever. You are the worst. Therefore, see you later. We'll get a better team coming through. Because yeah. like I, I I I think I've got this feeling that Cowdenbeath like we've talked are going to beat. Bonnie Rig, and then are you maybe getting a slightly more ambitious team, you know, not quite making it, and then Cowden finish bottom again? I just that would take too long something. I I, I, mean, I could see it happening, but I, I just think I, I've said it before there's a lot of teams in Scotland, a lot that if they went bust, you'd probably have 200 really disappointed people and a few local businesses a little bit down on money, and that's it. Yeah, and we and we're one of them. And that, that's the sad reality. And it's, I don't know how you get out of that. And it, the easy way is to spend money, find a sugar daddy that can go tits up as we've seen over, over the years as well when, when the money dries up. And some of these clubs will get found out. And in 10 years time, some of these ambitious clubs may not be around or they may be Phoenix clubs and they're starting off but, like Gretna but, again. Michael, I think I think for me we look at the the Dumbarton game. Remember we had like the three hundred kids that came from the, and we won a game. And I, you know, speaking to a few of the dads, just said their kids loved it because mm-hmm. you know they won and it was exciting. And you know the players came over, all that sort of stuff. If you can have a semi, it doesn't even need to be a completely successful season next year. Just where you're winning quite a few games, it, it makes a massive difference. Nobody yeah. wants to sit through a season that we've just done. Nobody does. And, and I, I tell you, if we'd narrowly somehow avoided relegation, I'd probably enjoy next season in League Two more than I would next season in League One. Yeah, because you enjoy a winning season. And uh, we'll, we'll probably a, have bigger crowds next season there was a Bour- if we're a winning Bournemouth team. Fan, there was a Bournemouth fan before the game against Forrest there, uh, which was kind of to see who gets promoted. And he was like, I honestly couldn't care less if we win this game. Like I've no, I've no care whatsoever. He says if if we go up, I'll suffer through another Premier League season where we'll probably get beat most games. We might stay up. What's the best we could ever do? Mid table, you know. What where's the enjoyment in that? And I totally get that. And it's similar, I think, for us going down. At least, I I want to go to games where we might win. But you know it's only I mean? two. It's only two or three years ago, right? Where you know, just just before COVID hit. We were on a bad run, but we were genuinely pushing Wraith and Falkirk at the top of the league. Um, and, you know, we, we'd, we'd had that win over the Rovers. We then went and beat them at Stars Park. Now, like The feeling then, the optimism then, was 
huge in how you felt about the club in the future. Things change quite quickly. Now, they can get a lot worse, but I'm not going to be too pessimistic because we've we've just been through this fucking horror show of a season. Like thing, things can change, um, you know. And it's, we've we've taken a turn for the worse, but you know that's that's just the way of it. It's swings and roundabouts, supporting a wee team basically. Fun fact: that's my Sky Sports breaking news announcement. <laughs> oh. We will come so, to that. I just want to quickly but, say, swings and roundabouts is a phrase I use here a lot. No one has a fucking idea of what I'm talking about. Get funny looks. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Then I explain it, and they've still got no fucking idea. Swithering is another that I found out recently. It's just a Scottish word. And yeah. stunnard. I say it all the time. Oh, and I yeah. work with like, a, a Welsh guy, an English guy, and a Canadian guy. Right? And I was like, oh, I'm just so stunnard. Canadian guy's yeah. like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Well, settle the eh? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, continuing our talk for next season, Lee has some breaking news. He is the Jim White of this podcast. Lee, by the way, which won't be breaking news by the time everyone listens to this. Yeah, no. No, but it makes, it makes makes us sound good. They, they can enjoy our excitement. Yeah. Yes. Because so, the, the three of us don't know any of this. It's just Lee. Yeah. So, it is breaking news. Players not returning... Um, next season, as we know, Aaron Dunsmore and Dan Higgins have signed new deals. Can you do this slowly, Lee? Can you do this very yeah. slowly, one at a time? Have, have we got time to get Donald on the phone to do a players not returning <laughs> in 2022 23? And then after this, are we doing the unsung hero? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, that is one that you have written down. <laughs> it's the only other one I've written down. I had that and the biggest what the fuck moment. I was looking forward to that. Oh, one. but we'll, we'll that finish on that. We'll finish with a bit of fun. Yeah. Yes, so boy, we need it. Not, not returning next season. Right. Uh, so we'll start with the obvious ones. Okay. So Dunsmore, Dan Higgins, Kev uh, Smith, and um, Ross Davidson. We've then got Danny Swanson not returning for next season, which I thought he might, but mm. he's gone. Ross Dunlop, which I'm a bit disappointed at. Um, Jamie the Heed Simple will not be returning next season. Ryan Blair will not be returning next season. We've God. also got Ready Doug. You sat down. The Bomber will not be returned in next season. Oh, that's not who I thought you were going to say, but we'll come back to that. Oh. Yeah. It's not as devastating. No, I forgot I'm he was still our player. I thought he'd already gone. Michael, <laughs> Michael just watch your mouth. Yeah. Returning to the parents club, obviously, um, Finley Pollock, Kyle Connell, Leo Watson and Dan Watson have all returned. What that does strike to me, though, is that we're going to have Chris Higgins for another season, which I'm not overly sad about. Um, I think that Chris Higgins will do a job in in League Two. Um, Other positives so far is that um, Stuart Murdoch's obviously not requested his release, which I thought he might. Um, and it means that if somebody wants to sign him, they would need to pay a fee, and he should um, be a reasonable one. And then you've got the likes of um, Jude Smith, etc. Um, Scott Gallagher. Uh, Leah, I, I still... my instant, my instant thought is we've got a spine there. Hmm. But if it's you know Jude Smith and goals, Higgins and Murdoch, you know. Kieran Miller, I'm guessing that means Ryan Wallace. Obviously, he's still contracted for next season. Yeah, Danny Denham. 
um, yeah, oh, that yeah. looks like that. That yeah. he's out of contract actually, so he must maybe want to stay. Which, to be honest, a Danny Denham in League Two doesn't upset oh, me. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. huge fan of the body. Um, yeah. So I think I, that, but that's that's that should give um, Crawford something to build on, or at least a, a, you know an idea of, of where you're going. I, I think fullbacks is a big one for me in this as well as another striker in the summer. Uh, there's lots of positions, obviously, but I think I think fullbacks is a big one for me. But we've got Mercer, he'll be there for another season. Um, Pat Slattery um, is still there. So there's two yeah. of your, your oh, fullbacks. Great. Brilliantly. I was happy with our spine of the team and you've thrown in <laughs> Slattery and Mercer. See, you, you, wanted, you wanted some fullbacks, we've got them. <sighs> I'm only asking, giving you the information you asked for. I didn't ask for a new message. <laughs> 3-1 Rangers, by the way. Yep. Yeah, very good. See, West West Ham, 3-1 down on aggregate. Got a man sent off. I mean, this was ages ago, but... Oh, I'm a West Ham out. fan. See, all my teams like, are shit. You've, got more, like you've got more clubs than Tiger Woods, you like. Yeah, it's, they're all uh, shit. <laughs> it, it, it's brilliant. We were talking about it. It's very good for Scottish football and the fact that it's great that the English team that they were talking about that's going to win it haven't even got to the final. Yeah, and Rangers. And not only that, win. but I mean, Leipzig have barely lost the game all season. So if it's going to be Rangers versus Freiburg, Frankfurt. Yeah. Oh, they've Frankfurt. got a great chance. Great chance. Uh, great chance to win it. Yeah, they've got a great chance of winning it. So I didn't know the, the final was also going to be in Seville. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I I want I wanted Rangers West Ham just for the carnage in the streets. Oh yeah. Oh. It'd be like, is that blood orange or just blood on the streets? It's hard to tell. <laughs> or or blood. We need, we need to get back <laughs> that, that Alsatian that um ate that Rangers fan in Manchester. He's making <laughs> a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, we're ending on happy times. Right, let's so, finish on these two categories for for our dog. Okay, our I was just, no, I was just, I was just going to say, is there anyone on the that list of players not returning that you're completely gutted about? Kev Smith, you know, heart wise is a is a sad one because obviously a proper legend getting his testimony is fantastic. Is there anyone there that you're like? Oh. I would, I would really like to have seen Ross Davidson stay, but I knew he was going anyway. So yeah, so, no, no, I'd agree with that. I don't like to have seen Dunlop, yeah. I think Dunlop's the other one. Yeah. He'll go to Sterling with Darren. Those two follow Darren around everywhere, don't they? Yeah. I mean, they've been, like, Sterling's been super busy and very active, which Darren was for us in previous years as well, and it didn't necessarily go well. So, but... You can record this and play at the end of the season. Sterling will win the league next year. No, that's me getting it in there. I think Sterling will win the next Yeah, I'm going to say Bonnie Rig. Well, they need to beat Cowden first. So. Oh, they'll do that. Say, I'm face, say, they need El- to beat Fraserburgh first. I think Elgin City will win the league. They'll print out what Mike just said there <laughs> in the dressing room. Dressing room, game. bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> they'll play North, it before North all Macedonia the matches. all over again. <laughs> Whoever wins the league, it'll be a pointless team that shouldn't be. 
Let's go about this. This cunt in Canada <laughs> that's been saying these words about us. Listen to this. Listen to this asshole. Unsung oh, yeah. hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, unsung hero, for next year's awards. He'll play over the PA. What's the point of Elgin City? <laughs> They'll just turn it into a wee club song. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Champions of the league. Okay. Unsung hero. Let's not start with Doug. <laughs> okay, Doug, yeah. give us your yeah. unsung hero. Uh, my unsung hero is Daniel Denholm. Oh. Because Lee's shaking his head because he hates you, Danny, if you're listening. Hate I you. don't hate Danny. Um, I, I just think he, he was... It's okay, he hated Kyle Connell as well and then was gave him awards oh, earlier. So. A lot of hatred as young Lee. I, I just think Danny is one of these guys that's done very well for us all season and I don't know, he doesn't get, maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes. There you go. That's He's a good shot. Thank you. I, again, the I would absolute hypocrisy coming from Doug Perry who continually called Danny Denham wash is unfucking believable. No, Get no, no. Up, you he, dog. He, he is pretty wash, but he, he he puts in a shift all the time and he's chipped him a few goals. He, he is definitely wash. He's 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 quite quick and he's got nay skill and and that's you know and not a lot of end product. But he just seems to do all right for us. I like him. Do we have he a chant for Danny Denham? Danny Denham is Danny if no, Denham he is, is the unsung wash. Hero. <laughs> fundamentally wash. Well, now he's no longer the unsung hero. There you go. Okay. There we go. Gordon, who um, would you like to sing the praises of that we don't? Danny my, Denham, my unsung hero is also Danny Denham. Yes! <laughs> I think I think he's one of these players that like nobody really you know, he just doesn't seem to get much recognition. He's never really mentioned much by his five fans as being a sort of good player. I think if he sticks around this season, you know, the the sort of reaction for most people will just be like, oh, ah, well, you know. But I think he always put, he always puts a shift in. Um, he does pop up with goals. I mean, he is a weird player because sometimes you look at him and you think, you know, he's, he's this winger with pace. And other times you think, aye, he's... He's not got much else other than that, but you know, he's a, got eight a lot stitches of times, in his head apparently now as well. A lot of times, you know, I leave games thinking oh, Danny Denham played really well today. You know, he he puts work in. He's deceptively good defensively, and he ah, he pops up with the odd goal. So I think he's a bit of an unsung hero. Yeah, I would go with that as well. It's my favourite double D aside from my friend Christina. Should give her a follow on Twitter. She's got interesting pictures. Lee, I voted for Keith Miller for this guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not unsung. You just sung his praises. He's just won our Player of the Year. How could your Player of the Year be unsung, <laughs> you balloon? Because I didn't have him as a sung player. I had Adam Steele and Jude Smith as my player, uh, young player, and not my newcomer because he played for us before. So yeah. I had Keith uh, Miller because I think think that he really does do the dirty work that probably goes unnoticed. Um, doesn't really score like a lot of goals, so potentially doesn't get the recognition that he deserves amongst the majority of fans, and hence why I picked Kieran Miller. I think Gordon's our unsung hero on the podcast, actually. Shut what? up, Meg. 
Oh, I don't, I didn't you mean it that horrible. I just meant you don't get the credit for your excellent contributions. Do, 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 well, he, he does get credit. Do, do you know, actually, another one of the biggest disappointments, just very quickly to go back, has been doing this podcast this year. Like, I, 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 <laughs> Oh, fuck no, off then. We've got other guys that can come in. Uh, no, I really, enjoy, I really enjoy doing them, but it got hard. It got really mm-hmm. difficult because oh, you're like, yeah. all we're doing is talking about the same thing over and over and over again. And it was like, even that game where we beat Dumbarton, we were pish, and it was such a rubbish game. And it was, it, uh, it got, it got really difficult. You think that's hard? Try doing two podcasts about two different teams that are equally as shite and playing the same kind of football. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I can't remember what I've said in one or the other. This is where the credit does go to the listeners, by the way, because, I mean, most weeks with the top 200 people... Yeah, it's been best. very consistent so, and steady. Thank you to the listeners who listen to us pair of four arseholes. A pair of four. A bunch of arseholes um, spouting our nonsense. When I, when, I, uh, when I carry at work, almost every golfer says to me, oh, you know, you're such a positive person, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And people who listen to this must be like, uh, really? This yeah, guy. I'm like that. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm always a positive person, and I sound like the moaning, biggest moaning bastard ever. So maybe next year we'll see the real me come out and be happy and smiley about one of the things I love. One of the things. It would be nice. I, I, I just spoke to the the White Cats manager last week, and we are eight games into a 34 game season, and I said to him, "Look, I know it's early, and I don't want to say." it's a must-win game coming up for game nine. And it's like, no, you can say that. So even he's looking at it that way. So that's the shit I've got to put up with now until the next season gets underway for this. Eight games in. We're basically fucked. It's yeah. fine. You can say it. You can yeah. say it's a must-win game already. <laughs> anyway, let's finish with our biggest what-the-fuck moment of the season. Lee, I feel you wanted to start with this one. I did. Um, there was a few. Um, some, some, some more negative. Um, no. I think that we've, we've we've covered a lot of them. But for me, like this whole season, the biggest what the fuck moment, the Queen's Park own goal, has got to be one of the best things I think I've ever witnessed at a football ground. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, the the goalie just had a complete heads gone moment, and. I actually almost didn't want to celebrate it. Um, but, yeah, that's my uh, what-the-fuck moment for the season. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair one. Either of you guys got anything different? Yes. Oh, I was going to say the it, shit goal. For me, it can absolutely only be Wraith Rover's David Goodwillie saga. Yeah, if you're looking for a Nonny's Fife one, it's definitely that. What what's the latest with that then? Is he he's still a Wraith Rovers player? I think he's gonna go to he is, but he's gonna to go to, is he gonna to go to Clyde next season because they've now moved away from Broadwood, so Have they definitely moved sure. away then? They're gonna be playing at Hamilton next year. Wow. Okay. So you've got a big white elephant at a stadium. Yeah. Jesus. That's crazy stuff. But and that that frees them up to get him in on loan, I think. Split his uh, wages with I had I'd seen something about 
he was going to go and play outside of Scotland. It was the only time he was going to really get, like, start a new life or something. Anyway, we don't, we don't need to give him more time. I just thought that was... No, so... that's true. Gordon, yeah. you got any um, WTF was, moments? Um, it, it was it was pretty much the Queen's Park goal as well. I mean, I was just watching that. It's like, my reaction, the only thing I can think is, like, mind when uh, there was a storm and that trampoline was blown down the street. There was a guy just standing at the window going, like, trampoline, trampoline! And I'm just watching that and being like, oh, own goal, own goal! Like, you can't believe it's actually happened. It's so shit. Um, Funny story. So. That's my friend's um, brother. That the, the trampoline, trampoline. <laughs> I'm just queuing something up, which will be awesome for the the podcast listeners. But let me share. I'm going to share my screen with you. This is worrying. Oh yeah, yeah. Please, please um, play that from the start because that is just beautiful. There we go. Uh, keepers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, what a shame. What a shame. For, for the listeners, um, that is Michael showing us the own goal from the Queen's Park game where the players don't even know how to celebrate with each they're other. Too ashamed. They're too embarrassed yeah. for Queen's Park to even celebrate that. An, an absolute horror. That Hey, let's call it this, this episode of the podcast that, because that's pretty much a good apt way to describe the season as well. Let's round it up for now. We've been chatting that we might have a little show, maybe bring the good doctor back to chat for the Scotland games that are coming up. Big, big games coming up. Excited for that. Just before we go, we'll go around everyone la- one last time. Any final thoughts for the show? Not for life in general. It always sounds doom and gloom, Doug points out to me. Any thing that's amused you this week or do you want to let people know where they can find you on the interwebs um i'll go um yeah uh, I, I, you, you can find me on the internet um i forgot what my twitter handle is but, you, know, you can, <laughs> you you can, can find him on the internet internet on youtube with man touches dog inappropriately i, I couldn't think of anything else yeah you can just try and try and find me that way it'll be a little like a little scavenger hunt um, I think. Oh, Michael, you thought, yay! Like this week, it's most like I don't know. I've been. It's like the non-league stuff. So you've got Broomhill being bought by a fucking podcast. That's ridiculous. You've got Fort William, who just like withdrew from their playoff, and there's been a big spat. So like all yeah. the entertainment for me has been going on down there. Just I, absolute joke stuff. I've. Like I've followed Fort William's fortunes for a few years because I've got a bit of a soft spot for them since we went and played there in the 90s in a friendly. Another club? Another club, yeah. Another pitch club. Another pitch club that's bottom of the league. So, yeah, there is a running trend here. I may need some help. Um, but, yeah, what's going on there? It's, it's all like he said, she said just now, but it looks like they're going to have to join the North Caledonian League. So they're going to be playing with one of my other clubs, Loch Ness FC. But they didn't, um, they didn't cut the grass or draw lines on their pitch. That's what the SFA are saying. Yeah. But Fort William has said that they weren't asked to do that, and they were going to do it. Do you need to be asked? <laughs> no. to do it? They they have been a shambles though for years, and it's yeah. like again, it's like what's the point, of Fort William? Yeah. yeah. So some some. Isla Sky League said, hey, we're looking for teams if you want to come and join us. <laughs> Which, to be fair, would be less travel than going to, like, Wick. Yeah. 
And then also, I mean, they just they just lose every single week pretty much. Yeah. So go down. I think his wife could beat them. I, I um I, I don't think I had a final thought until now, and here it is. I'm delighted that Rangers have got to the final, and that delight has disappeared very quickly. Watching their horrific fans crying and cheering. Oh, I so, switched it off as soon as the final whistle went. But maybe the best thing would be they get scudded in the final, and it'd be you know it'd be quite funny. That's all, because at the end of the day, they are hands and we don't like them. Yeah. Well, always conflicted about these things. Obviously, other yeah. other old firm abuse is available. Uh, Lee, absolutely. Um, polar opposite. Well done to Rangers. Great for Scottish football. Hope they're going to win it. Spoken like the orange man he is. Uh, <laughs> two two uh, English you, teams went out tonight. That's good. Oh, did Leicester go out uh, as well? Are you not a reformed teddy bear? Uh, but I was. Oh, I was less. I was less than twelve. You were less than twelve. Less than twelve. Then he saw the light. Exactly. Uh, Your Honour, she was less than 12. (laughs) Let's quickly wrap this up before I have to do any editing. I probably should, but I'm just going to leave it and I haven't got time. I think you can sue Doug. He used the H word. I'm not sure if that's appropriate anymore. Also, just very quickly, I'm just... Scott Young's at my window. What's he got? (laughs) (laughs) Is he looking through the round window or the... <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you can see him from the condensation of his heavy breathing as he stares in. <laughs> Talking uh, about phrases that you might not be able to use anymore, I was watching Seattle Sounders against Pumas in the CONCACAF Champions League final last night, and the commentator used the phrase, that was a bit of a spastic sequence. And I thought, are you allowed to say that? They, they use it definitely, definitely in North America, right? I, it just means like. I think they just mean it as like a bit wonky. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, Michael, you used the phrase brainstorm earlier, which is also oh, yeah. not allowed to use anymore. Cancelled. Really? Yeah. Apparently it's an actual condition. Yeah. Oh. You horrible, horrible bastard. Uh, I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. I'm just excited because there's a new league kicking off here in British Columbia this month. League One BC. It's semi-pro. There's seven teams in it. I would fancy a few of them to give East Fife a good run for their money. Probably get some wins. I'm doing commentary for four of the teams, so it's going to be a very busy time. So you can watch for some highlights and stuff. We'll, we'll tweet out some of the best goals. Give us a follow on the socials at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter on Facebook. You can get in touch with us by email at glorydaysagold at gmail.com. I'm sure we'll be back soon talking about happier times. But until then, thank you for listening all season long. Thank you for your continued support. We do appreciate you all. We will be back soon. Until then, Mon the Fife! Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I 
Once more. 